Well, I'm excited today uh, to welcome to the stage for a phenomenal interview Gavin Salchuk, the starting running back for the Oklahoma Suitors, and Curtis Lofton, who's actually an attender, him and his family here at People's Church, and also a former Oklahoma Sooner, and also a former NFL player. Come on, welcome them to the stage today. But great to have these guys with us on this big game uh, Sunday, and I'm excited for you to hear their story, some of uh, their journey today. And I just want to kind of begin just some introductory thoughts for you to kind of get to know them a little bit uh, better, their personal life. Gavin, tell us just where you're from, um, and tell us a little bit about your high school career. Yeah, so like like Pastor said, my name is Gavin Sawchuk. I'm from Aurora, Colorado. Um, went to a school called Valor Christian High School. Uh, you know, I had a good high school career, um, a lot of fun there, ran track, played football there, and, um, you know, it was, it was just a great time. Okay, how many yards did you rush for in yeah. high school? I think my, my senior year, I don't know the total, but my senior year, I went a little over 2,000 yards, and, um, <laughs> yep, thank you. And then uh, I, and the, I was able to, uh, I had a couple records, so I broke the rushing record there. Uh, that was previously held by um, Christian McCaffrey, so um, Super Bowl running back, so it's a good record to break. Gavin Salchuk is a baller, y'all. He broke Christian McCaffrey's record. Now, that's, that's play. Hey, where's Aurora, Colorado? Where's that located? Yeah, it's like southeast Denver, so um, probably about 30, 35, 40 minutes away from, okay. from Denver. Okay. Mm -hmm. Curtis, tell us where you grew up a little bit about your high school career. Well, I'm from uh, Kingfisher, America. <laughs> and uh, where you could probably say we have more cows than people. But um, I graduated with 73 people. And for me, um, my football career started. We were undefeated 7th, 8th, 9th. I lost four games as a sophomore, went undefeated as a junior, and then lost one game my senior year. And I uh, had 12 touchdowns <laughs> offensively. You know, I, I return kicks. I kicked, you know, and, um, but. Yeah, but he's kind of looking at you when he's yeah, talking. What, what, what's going on? I don't know. I think he's, uh, he's trying to compare to me, huh? Well, <laughs> no, I'm just saying that, you know, only real athletes play offense and defense. Uh, he only uh, played offense. Okay. Uh, okay. So. Uh, what you think about that, Gavin? Uh, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm a, I'm a real athlete right now. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't see, I, 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 all I know is uh, CeeLo was out there as a middle linebacker, and I'm running for 300. Ooh. <laughs> there's many that try, and there's many that fail. But, um, but basketball was my favorite sport, and um, I had a decision to make. Do I go to somewhere up in Minnesota I never heard of or go anywhere in the country for football? And so I chose football. Tell us. Who, I, I didn't ask you this. Who did you lose to your senior year in football? Barry Hill. Barry Hill. And um, we had a, a running back. He had got hurt. And so I was just playing defense at the time. And so when he got hurt, I had to flip over and play defense, too. I mean, play running back, too. And uh, they was out there. You know, they was, they was tearing me up. <laughs> but uh, we brought it back, and we had a chance to win it at the end and uh, ended up losing by three points. Still hurts my soul. 
The junior year, did you win the state championship? Yeah. Okay, your junior year. Okay. Yeah. How about, did you win the state championship? Yeah, I, w I won my freshman year, and then uh, we lost my junior and senior year. Okay. Did you start running back your freshman year? I did in, uh, later in the season. Our running back ended up getting hurt. I was actually playing uh, corner, actually, my freshman year. I came in <laughs> playing corner. And um, corner receiver and was returning kicks. And uh, we had some good receivers. And I had a couple uh, kick return touchdowns. I don't know if you know anything about that. But <laughs> a couple kick return touchdowns. And they were like, you know, why don't we just hand him the ball? So uh, they put me in the backfield and running back, handed me the ball. So like right around in playoffs, uh, end of the season, I started at running back freshman year. Tell us about how you got recruited to play at the University of Oklahoma. Yeah. When did that start? Yeah, so it uh, started my freshman year, um, kind of the spring of my freshman year. So right after the season, uh, I, I got an offer from Oklahoma and, you know, came out here right before COVID hit and was able just to, you know, tour campus, uh, get to know the coaches, get to know the area. And I just I just fell in love with it, you know, fell in love with the people here, um, the campus, the coaches, everything. It just it just felt like home for me. So ever since that visit, you know, I, I, I kind of knew that I was going to end up at Oklahoma. I wanted to you know not be biased or keep it open, you know, have some opportunities, um, take some of those official visits, have some state dinners. But um, but uh, I, I knew I was going to end up at Oklahoma since then. So did you grow up in Colorado as an Oklahoma student football fan? No, I didn't. I, I actually was a Notre Dame fan growing up. And uh, yeah, there you go. All one of you. <laughs> Either love them or hate them. So um, now I was a Notre Dame fan. Didn't know anything about the Sooners. And uh, came out here. And you know, Adrian Peterson was one of my favorite running backs watching growing up. And I was like, he went to Oklahoma? Like, I didn't even know. That's all these things, like, blowing my mind. So, um, you know, fell in love with it ever since. That's awesome. Curtis, tell us about how you got recruited to play at the University of Oklahoma and why you chose Oklahoma. So um, I was going to <clears throat> all these different places, Oklahoma State, K-State, Miami. And so for me, it really came down to this. Is I remember I was in the cafeteria my junior year, and my coach comes running in. He's out of breath. He says, Oklahoma State's online. They want to offer you a full scholarship. And I'm like, what? So I called my two uncles. One's a minister and one's a, a fleet master chief who has a really big head. And um, he may be here or not. I don't know if he is. But um, my first uncle said, well, you always wanted to go there. You should go there. And my, and my uncle Deborah was like, I think you should wait. And so um, I'm like, I'm going. So I hang up the phone and I call him. I called him four times. They didn't answer the phone. And so... Then I go back to class, and then coach comes in again. He's like, I said, they called back? He said, no, it's Oklahoma. And I'm like, Oklahoma? And so same walk, so I get on the phone. Hey, Curtis, this is Bob Stoops, and uh, I think you'll be a great addition to our ball club, but I got a guy that's chomping at the bits to talk to you. And uh, Curtis, I got to have you. And so um, I went on this whole process, and uh, what's interesting Rest in peace, Toby Keith. You know, I listen to the Twister. Don't judge me. I listen to country music. Um, but every time I was going down to Norman, should have been a cowboy would come on the radio. And um, so I said, God, if this is, I'm going to take this, if I hear this song one more time, I'm taking it as a sign that I need to go to Oklahoma State. And so I kept it on, I kept it on because there's a difference between doing, you know, boys that want, a boy does what he wants to do, a man does what he needs to do. And so um, 
I knew I needed to go to OU. I just didn't want to. And so when I made the decision, I committed to OU, and then um, I got back in my car and what's on the radio? Should have been a cowboy. <laughs> and, uh, but, and like I tell everyone, I would have been a cowboy, but sometimes their pistols on fire. But. <laughs> Gavin, so you've been uh, playing the last, is it two or three years? Two, two years. Two, last two, two years at University of Oklahoma. In your two-year college football career, what's one of your greatest memories uh, of playing college football? Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot. Um, you know, the Texas game was, you know, it's up there for sure. You know, just uh, the way it ended, you know, uh, the crowd's going crazy. Even just being at the, in the environment in general, you know, half OU, half Texas. And half the side's going crazy, the other half's silent, you know. And, um, you know, that was, just, that was just an amazing game to be a part of. You know, it's a, it's a rich tradition there. But I think in general for me, I would just say uh, just, just any game. I mean, uh, growing up, watched college football and got to see, you know, the tradition of, you know, college football, all the, you know, chants, all the um, different celebrations, everything. And being a, being a part of that here at Oklahoma has been amazing. And, uh, for me, just running out into the field and, you know, running out watching the, the crowd go crazy, the band's playing, uh, everybody's cheering. Uh, that's, it's, just, it's just the best part for me, just seeing everything and being able to take it all in. Mm -hmm. Man, here at People's Church, we keep it 100, right? <laughs> you telling me your first game, you been you hadn't played all year, and we play Florida State, and everybody's sitting there like, man, can this guy even play football? And then you go and rush for I don't know how many yards, and that game's not at the top for you? Nah, it, it, it's up there for sure. I think, uh, yeah, no, nah, I mean, it was a great game to be a part of it. I mean, <laughs> uh yeah, no, it was, a, it was a great game to be a part of. I think, um, I know CeeLo was like, I, mean, I, don't, I don't even know if this guy can run the ball. I don't even, I don't even know if I can trust it. And, you know, I had to go, uh, I went and I went, watched his uh, high school highlights, and I was like, shoot, if he could play, I could play. <laughs> I can, so. Nah, it was, it was a good game. So, uh, yeah, that was definitely a great one to be a part of and uh, a lot of fun to be able to, you know, be out there with the guys, especially as the first game as well, you know, coming into Oklahoma. And I wanted to play. That was the goal. So uh, the minute I got the opportunity, I was, I was going to take it. That's awesome. Curtis, tell us one of your greatest memories of playing at the University of Oklahoma. I mean, that's tough. There's a lot of them. <clears throat> and, um, but I'll probably say the, the first one that comes to mind was um, we were playing. We were number one, and Missouri was number three. And um, for me, it was the first time that my father ever came to see me play a game. And um, I remember I had 18 tackles, uh, a touchdown, and just really had a really stellar game because I wanted him to see what he missed out on. And I did that. That's really great. That's really great. Did you talk to him afterwards? Yes. Now, I... <clears throat> So uh, he had the nerve to wear uh, um, a Curtis Lofton's dad shirt. And um, I wasn't saved back then, so. Um, <laughs> needless cut, the to short, cut the story short. Yeah, needless <laughs> to say, I wasn't too happy. You know, I wasn't too happy. Wow. T tell us, Gavin, your, your faith journey. How'd you come to faith in Christ? Yeah. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. So, uh, you know, parents were both Christian. But, uh, you know, young, we would practice it. We would go to church. Parents, my mom would drive me to church every Sunday uh, early in the morning, uh, make us pray every night. 
And um, that was growing up young. But as we got older, you know, started to get into sports more, having more practices, you know, on the weekends, uh, kind of, you know, put church on the back burner, had to go to those, and uh, kind of fell away from it, you know. And it wasn't really until, until I got to middle school, right around sixth grade, um, you know, I just had the mindset of how can I be, you know, the best football player? How can I be, you know, the coolest kid in school? Um, how can I be the fastest? Whatever it was, you know, I just had that mindset of making myself great. And, um, you know, I ended up, I was goofing around in class, getting bad grades, um, you know, getting in trouble. And it was the first time um, I got in trouble, I had to go to the dean's office. They called my parents in. And, you know, it was the first time I heard from my, from my dad, from my parents, that they, they were disappointed in me. And, you know, I, the whoopings didn't work on me. I was a tough kid. You know, I'd get whooped and just still get in trouble. You know, they, they could yell at me in one ear out the other. But um, hearing him say that, you know, truly, and, and he meant it, that was like, man, you know, I, I let someone I love down. You know, I let him down. You know, he's, he's looking, you know, he's, he's expecting me to be this and that, and, you know, I let him down. So uh, that's really what kind of changed my focus of, okay, I got to, you know, stop goofing around, stop being a kid, stop, you know, childish things. And uh, I ended up moving to a, a private Catholic school in seventh grade and just having the opportunity to be around Christians, uh, Christian students, and, you know, learn more about the Bible, learn about the gospel. Uh, it, it was just amazing for me. You know, I soaked it all in, and that, that was really a time where I really got to experience and grow in my relationship with God. You know, started going to church more often, um, just surrounding myself with, with the people that I needed to surround myself with. And that continued all the way into high school. And in high school, uh, my senior year, uh, I was challenged by my teacher. He challenged all the students that when you go to college, your first week of college, make sure you go to church. And the, the key thing was making your faith your own. You know, you go to college, you have the opportunity to do anything. You can uh, you know, not go to church, go this place, go that place. There's so many distractions and temptations everywhere. And he said, if you miss that first week of church, you know, you miss, you miss the next week. You know, I'll go the next week after that. And the next thing you know, you're weeks, months down the semester, and you haven't been to church yet. So uh, that was the key thing for me was, was getting plugged in as soon as I got to college and plugged myself into the you know, church community, FCA, Bible studies, uh, whatever I could to be able to make sure that that stays my priority, that stays my focus. And, um, and that's what I did. That's so awesome, Gavin. Isn't it awesome? Curtis, tell us how you came to faith in Christ. Well, for me, it really started, um, my mother went to prison when I was eight and I had to go live with my grandma. And she drug us to church Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday school, then church, then we went to revivals. And so, but I truly struggled with how could this all-loving father take my mother and father from me? And so, you know, I was super religious growing up, but I didn't have a relationship. And so for me, sports was a way to, you know, find my worth and find my value. So I continued to climb the ladder and became really good in sports, became number one player in the state. And then once I left from home, I didn't like Gavin, I didn't, my grandma wasn't there to say, hey, we need to go to church. I didn't go to church. And when I got to, when I got to college, I was in them streets hard. And, um, and then I continue to go through some hard times, and then I get lucky enough to make it to the NFL. And then when I get to the NFL, you know, there's people that, were, that came in the name of Jesus, but they didn't come in the spirit of Jesus. And so that really pushed me away from the faith, and I began on this journey. And, 
you know, I was on a journey of more. I thought if I could just get more money, I thought if I could make a million bucks, I made it. Make five million, I made it. I made ten. The, the journey of more, I didn't find what I was looking for. I was still empty. And so, like growing up, we would put the pots and pans out to catch the water and go to bed with our coats on, sometimes eat oatmeal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I knew what it was like not to have anything. And I knew what it's like to have, to get on a private jet and do all these different things. And I still felt empty. And so I got to a point to when I'm in New Orleans and I woke up one morning and I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, I hate you. I hated who I was. And I more so, I knew the man that I wanted to be and I wasn't that. And so I remember I practiced and then I got in my car and you know, I just felt like there was just so much pressure on me, so much so that I was gonna kill myself. I was gonna drive my car into the uncommon traffic and, and end everything. And, um, but then I saw a sign that said, Celebration Church is great for kids. And it's in that moment that even though I was so far from God, he was right there with me. And seeing that sign shifted my perspective and it said, Celebration Church is great for kids. I'm like, well, I'm a big kid, I'm gonna go. And um, I ended up going and they had a main service and they had an overflow service and there was a pastor in there he was goofy. He wasn't like our pastor, y'all. He wasn't, you know, up here without no socks on, looking clean. You know, not everybody could pull this off. You know, reason why I came to people's church, he sharpened the number two pencil. I was like, man, this pastor up here, he dressed fly. I'm, hey. And so um, I go, and then afterwards he said, hey, I want to take you to lunch. I was like, I ain't gonna go no lunch with no pastor. I'm good on all that. That's what I said in my mind. But I ended up going, so I ended up meeting with him for you know, a year every Tuesday for two to three hours. And in those moments, I knew the Bible. I knew, the, I knew all the right things to say. I could rationalize everything. But I remember I got in my car and I felt like, okay, this is the time, this is the decision. Do I give it all to the darkness or do I give it to God? And, you know, I said, God, if you are who you say you are, I want you, I need you in my life. And in that moment, I felt something I never felt before. And it's when you fully surrender to God, then there's, then there's a change. And it's not a, it's not a quick change. There's a process. He began to prune me. He began to cut people out of my life. And when he did that, it's like I began to see things clearly. And it, it really changed who I was and am. Curtis, amazing. Amazing. Just, just real quick, I think for some people, I think it's going to even help them to understand your testimony, to understand a little bit about just the success that you had. Um, you were, how long did you play in the NFL? How many years, you know, did, did you play in then? Just talk about some of the stats and tackles and things of that nature. So I got nine years. Um, I what, round, what, what round were you drafted in? Uh, I was drafted 37th overall. Uh, if you know, there's only 32 people in the first round, so I was pretty close, but not close enough. Um, so from the time I entered in 08 to when I left, no one had more tackles than me. Um, I just recently, in 2021, I made all-decade team for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I was invited to a couple Pro Bowls, and, and it's like, you know, but all those are cool but I don't even care about them anymore, you know? I care about, I always tell, my biggest feat is that I came to know Jesus, you know? 
Amen. Gavin, tell us your favorite Bible verse and why. For me, I would say it's uh, James 1, 2 through 5, and it's consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Perseverance must be complete. So that perseverance finished race so you can be complete and lacking nothing. And for me, that's just, that it's my favorite because, you know, I know in life you're going to face tests and, you know, trials, adversity, whatever it may be. And, and the whole thing behind it is applying your faith to that trial, um, applying, you know, relying on Jesus to bring you through, relying on God to, to give you the strength, the wisdom, to put the people around you uh, to help you get through this, this, this season of your life. So, um, and it really is true about, you know, it produces perseverance. So, you know, when you face trials like this, when you face adversity like this, that you can get through these, these difficult seasons. So good. So good. I love that verse. I love that verse. Curtis, what's your favorite Bible verse and why? Isaiah 54, 17. I actually got it on my necklace. Um, no weapon for and against me shall prosper. I'm more than a conqueror. And, you know, for me, it's from the beginning, I've been, you know, God's been fighting for me because my mom wasn't, I wasn't supposed to be here. The doctor told her that, um, that she would never have another kid. And here I am. But, you know, just because things are coming against you, the thing that I really look back over my entire life is God was right there. And no matter whether it's a sickness, an injury, um, a hurt, you know, God stayed with me and it never prospered because it couldn't get to my heart. Because regardless of what you're going through, when you're rolling with Jesus, can't nobody touch you. Amen. So good. Gavin, uh, I love that, man, you're a, a young man, you know, just what, three years ago, we're in high school, yeah. and, and I love that you're, you're serious about your faith, and you're following Jesus. In our church, we've got a lot of uh, young people, got a, a lot of students, got a lot of people that are young adults, mm -hmm. and I know you're a role model for a lot of them. And I would just love for you, if you could just speak a word to our church family, if you could speak um, just a piece of advice, a piece of wisdom to everybody in this room, and especially the, the young people in this room, what would you, what would you tell, tell them? Yeah, um, I'll start by, I want to just share a story, and um, there's something that I've heard before, and it's the story of this guy, and he was, he was sitting on this fence, and you know, on one side of the fence is you know, God, heaven, all the angels on that side, and on the other side of the fence is you know, the devil, all his demons, everybody over there. And, you know, he's sitting on the fence and, you know, God's reaching out to him, trying to get him to come. The devil's reaching out to him and he's just staying on the fence. And, you know, eventually God ends up leaving, the devil ends up leaving. And the devil decides, he comes back and he's like, oh, you, you know, I forgot you. You're with me. And the kid is like, no, I'm, I'm not with you. I, I, I didn't choose to go with God, but I, I definitely didn't choose to go with you. And he was like, well, I own the fence. And the whole thing behind that story is, you know, his lack of decision making, his... Um, is not making the decision to follow God, to go after God, to chase him, you know, ended up leading him to eternal damnation, to, to fall, having to go with the devil. And I would just say to, you know, any of the young kids, anyone really, just don't be afraid to pursue God. Don't be afraid to be the person God has called you to be. You know, a lot of times we get caught up with the... And, yeah. Yeah. 
you know, a lot of times we get caught up with, you know, just worrying about what the world thinks of us, you know, what our friends thinks of us, what our family thinks of us, what, you know, how can we please this person and that person? And it causes us to sacrifice what God wants us to be. You know, we don't, we don't do any of that stuff for, for earthly glory. We do it for the glory of God. And it's following his purpose, you know. Um, one of my biggest fears is, you know, if I, you know, Jesus comes back down to earth and, and I look over my shoulder and, you know, my friend's like, why didn't you tell me about God? Why didn't you, why didn't you tell me that, you know, this was going to happen, that it in this way? And to think that, you know, I'm not going to say anything because, you know, I don't want to embarrass myself or I don't want to, you know, come off as that really, like, churchy guy or, you know, whatever it may be. Like, you know, that's scary. So just the fact of, you know, pursue God with everything you have and don't, don't be ashamed about it. Uh, don't feel sorry about it. You know, uh, the Bible talks about being lukewarm and, you know, the lukewarm he will spit out. And don't be that. Just don't be afraid to, to step out in faith, to, to join that Bible study, to, to, to go to church, to talk to that person. Um, don't be afraid to step out and do that. So good, Gavin. So good, man. <laughs> Curtis, if you could give us a piece of wisdom uh, to your church family today, what piece of wisdom or advice would you give us? I think it starts with, you know, I'll, I'll say this. God says, love God love people, go make disciples. Mm -hmm. And um, so, quick story, uh, this past year I was driving down to the OU game and I get a, a, a ESPN alert and it says that DJ Hayden was killed at the stoplight. And I began racking my brain of, did I talk to him about the word of God? And um, I did. I was super intentional because I thought that God was sending me out to Oakland to play football but when I look back over it, he was sending me out there to give him the word of God, that he would have an opportunity. And so I would say this to anybody in here is, you never know when it's gonna be the first and last time that somebody's gonna hear the word of God. So make sure that you're bold, be bold in your faith. Don't be passive. And, but here's the thing that we all struggle with is, you know, you can't be a disciple of God if you don't have the disciplines of God. And so oftentimes we come in the name of Jesus, but not in the spirit of Jesus. And so for me, if I was going to tell anybody, it's like what pastor, pastor said, he gets up every morning. And so it's like you listen to the wise and you become wise. And so I started doing that, you know, back in October and it began to change me. It began to change how I thought. It began to change how I love my wife, how I love my kids, and how I used to would respond towards somebody talking crazy. I take a deep breath, and if they keep coming, I'm gonna give them love instead of these hands. But um, the spiritual discipline, yes, you know, the spiritual discipline. So, you know, you have to seek after Him, and it's like not because that this is if you check this box, it gives you. It puts you in spiritual heaven. No, it's for you. It's for your relationship. And it's like when you develop that, man, it changes everything for you and about you. I love it. Curtis getting up every day, reading the word of God. Former NFL player in the word of God in the morning. I love it. Okay, I, I want to have a little fun with you guys. Some rapid fire questions. All right, so uh, uh, now you don't get long. I, I, <laughs> right, right what comes to mind, okay? Favorite food? Buffalo wings. Pasta. Favorite restaurant? Uh, neighborhood Jam. Neighborhood Jam. Biscuits. Yeah. Okay, okay. Favorite cartoon growing up? Um, ben 10. We had no TV. 
Gotta <laughs> <laughs> get that antenna for 34 and 25 to come in right. <laughs> Favorite movie? Uh, Interstellar. Anything with Denzel in it? Denzel. Favorite actor? Denzel. I would say uh, Will Smith. Favorite actress? Actress. Neil Long. Halle Berry. <laughs> Favorite song? Nipsey Hussle, Grinding All My Life. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big R&B guy, so uh, can we talk? Tevin Campbell. Yeah, <laughs> old school. Okay. Favorite hymn? I need Jesus to take me by the hand. I would say, uh, give me Jesus. Yeah. I love it. Who is going to win the Super Bowl tonight? 49ers. Chiefs. Bang, 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 bang. Can you give it up for Curtis Lofton and Gavin Salchuk? These incredible athletes, but more than that, these incredible men of God. Amen, amen. You can find your seat, church family. I'm just going to ask right, every God, head God. bowed, every eye closed just for a moment here today. There are some of you here today that maybe you're where Gavin was talking about. You're on that fence. And you've never really made a decision to follow God, but you're still sitting on that fence and the devil's calling you and God's calling you. And here's the great thing is that God loves you so much. He loves you so much that he sent his son 2,000 years ago to die on a cross to pay the penalty for your sin so that you could be forgiven. And all it takes is for you to say yes to him. And so if you're here today, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you've strayed away and you need to recommit your life to Jesus today. Wherever you are today, God is calling you. He has a plan for your life. Just like you heard the stories of these two amazing men of God and how God drew them to him, God is drawing you today. If that's you here today, you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, you want to choose to follow God and not the devil, and you want to surrender your life or recommit your life to Christ, when I count the three, would you lift your hand? I want to lead you in a short prayer to make Jesus the Lord of your life. It's the best decision you can ever make in your life. If that's you here today, when I count the three, would you lift your hand today? One, two, three. If that's you, lift it up right away. Thank you so much. I see all these hands. Anyone else? You say, that's me today. I see your hands. Amen, amen. Anyone else? You say, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. Amen. If you raise your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me and invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Come on, would you pray with me now? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you right now today in this moment. I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Lord, your word tells us that we've all missed it. And today, I put my trust in Jesus. I give him my life. Be the Lord of my life. Thank you for dying and being my Savior. I give it all to you today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.